You know, you haven't been here in a while. Yeah, it's been it's been a tick. Things haven't really changed. Uh, I mean, life changes. Yeah, we're in a different room. Same microphones, same boom stands, same you know, table. Yes, same table. But I gotta say, much better set deck. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm enjoying all yeah, of this. Yeah. Like this is trying like, to make a little. It's you know, really nice. It's a nice. You even little, got the little baby turtle from the first movie right uh-huh, there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's been a while. It has been a while, yeah. Brian. From one Brian from to one another, Brian to another Brian of the Cinema Psycho Show, and Brian of many bands, and <laughs> start the beat with Sykes. Absolutely. Well, hey, I'm trying to keep tra- track of all your bands. I'm like, we're, we have mutual friends. So, like, I know Indigo really well. Okay. And yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I see her stuff she's doing with you and your other band, Gray Walker, and everything. I'm like, it's a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. But it's good. I think you were at Black Forge. What over the weekend? Was yeah. Wow, Jesus Christ! Am I on your show? Are you on my show? What's happening here? Both. Jesus Christ! Well, everybody, Brian Coddington's on the show. Make some That's noise! Right. Yay. Yay! All right. So, for those of you that aren't familiar, uh, you host a show called Cinema Psychos. Yep, Cinema Psycho Show, and it's a show. It's a podcast. It's a movie about review. cinema. Yeah, and sometimes. psychos. Yeah, we're, we're pop psych- culture, pop culture. Uh, we're we're a movie review show that is not your uh, snobby movie review show. Uh, we like to say that we combine uh, knowledge, film knowledge, because uh, we actually make movies and you know we're active in the film industry, but also that we uh, kind of are are not snobby. We are not film. We call film toise. Okay. Um, we like to combine vulgar. Uh, comedy with our film reviews Absolutely. and depending on what episode you get it might be a, a bit more than the than one or the other you know sometimes it might be really heady stuff and then it might be really you know kind of vulgar so when we're doing a b movie like a bad movie it's it's totally balls to the wall vulgar shit. absolutely it has to be so it has to be i think that we're in a really interesting time mm-hmm. for pop culture oh yeah in terms of this is like the first generation of people that we're starting to see kind of like age out of like pop culture in the sense that like I've talked about this before on the show, but like pop culture really didn't exist until like the Beatles, as far as I'm concerned, uh, that's my ground zero for anything pop culture. So, I mean, that was not that long ago in the grand scheme of storytelling or even film and to some degree, you know what I mean? Pop culture has been a thing for maybe a third of films life, but even to the degree that it even like became a thing that probably wasn't even until like the late eighties or nineties. Well, I mean, really? Well, I mean, the thing is, is that you had, you had pop culture, but I don't think it was necessarily as big as it is now. I think you had different subsects of culture that attracted to different things, but there wasn't anything that was like overarching. Like, you know, you go back to the fifties and you had, you know, the beatnik generation and like they had their own scions of that particular counterculture and you still have that now. Right. But nothing really to the extent that it overwhelmed all culture. And that's, I think the big difference is that when we talk Mm. about like the Marvel cinematic universe, it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor or what race you are, what religion you are, for the most part, you're aware of it. You know exactly what it is. You've, even if you haven't watched any of them, 
you know pretty much just based on the pop culture who the main characters are. Well, sure. You can't go to you the know? store without like, you know, seeing like, you know, like Disney Tic Tacs mm-hmm. or like, you know, Marvel Slim Jims or yeah. some like weird cross promote Stranger Things Doritos, yeah. which is actually a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, the thing that I've been thinking about so much, it's just like there's all of this like maybe like old guard of pop culture that says like, Oh, these characters shouldn't do this or these characters need to be represented this way forever. And it's just like, do you really just want like star Wars to be the same fucking thing for another 30 years? Or do you want it to change? There, Where are you very, at in the Star Wars? There camp? is a very fine line. Okay, so are you well, talking? Sure you, sure, you don't want to like ruin it, but I think like there, you need to let yeah. it evolve. There is a fine line. There is a very fine line between being a dick. <laughs> I'm not just wearing the show, right? Like yeah, a cool. Okay, absolutely, good, good, yeah. Because I'm like, uh, yeah. There's a fine line between being a dick about your fandom and being someone who holds it in high regard. Sure, there is a very fine line. So, like, for instance, there are aspects of the sequel trilogy that I absolutely hate. And a lot of it is not really associated with any particular character. It's how everything was treated. You can see the commercialization of Star Wars in the sequel trilogy, you know, and it kind of shows, you know. So, like, on one end, I think when we last talked about it, I was... I, I didn't hate um, the last Jedi nearly as much as I do now, okay. but that's mostly because of the fact that it's had time to marinate. Sure. And that's kind of the way art works. You know, you kind of view it in different phases of your life and ultimately you get a different reaction to it. So like the issues that I, I heard people complain about with riot with uh, last Jedi, I understand now <laughs> because you see something like the Mandalorian and how it treats the very same characters and it's night and day. So that's kind of on my front. Now, what issues do I have? I have more issues with, with the last Jedi than I do with any of the sequel trilogy. I think, and JJ Abrams has gone on record saying, yeah, I pretty much just kind of phoned it in. Sure. And it shows when you don't give the audience any room to breathe in a what was that nearly it was like two and a half hours yeah two and a half hour movie then it's kind of hard to comprehend the story okay if you don't and that's that's not on purpose that's called i don't want you to question the plot so if you don't have time between you know one chase the next the next the next you're not going to question things like, well, what magic caused the emperor to come back? Yeah. Why are we not discussing that one? Why is it that I have to buy a book three months later to get the information that should have been in the motherfucking movie? Sure. I think that, it, yeah, entirely too much information, too much of a demand of yeah. information from maybe some aspects of the fandom, which I can understand. I understand being passionate about a thing. Yeah. But the thing that I like the most about the original trilogy is just that it is very simple, kind of campy. I'm pretty sure that nobody made that with the intent of like, Oh, let's make a silly movie. That's kind of fun. A little space jaunt and let's sell some toys. Actually, George Lucas did want to sell toys. Well, let's yeah, that's said, li- let's that's, sell some. Toys. That's literally what. Yeah, that's yeah, literally well, what. That's, that's why we tagged that on that's the end of that. No joke. Yeah, 
hundred percent. He wanted to make something that was commercially viable so he could sell toys and then he can make his own movies because, you know, that's all he wanted to do. And ultimately he never got a chance to do that. He got stuck in the Star Wars, you know, yeah. universe. So, yeah, I think that and to some degree. Yeah. Is it uh, is it the fault of Star Wars? I want I'm not I don't want to say George Lucas. I'm going to say <laughs> is it the fault of Star Wars in general? Yeah. Or is it the fault of the fans for expecting too much? There's a, Did there, they create their own hell? I, I think that is a very valid point. I think that, and I've seen this a lot with Marvel nowadays. Absolutely. Okay. I think that fans, they have their own stories in their head because Star Wars means something to something different to everyone. You know, you're, you, you know, are, how you, uh, you know, found star Wars is entirely different from how I found star Wars. And it means something different to me compared to you because there's memories associated with that. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the danger. Okay. Because you're dealing with something that is no longer just a corporate entity. It is something that's ingrained in our society. It's literally the same as our Greek as Greek myths. Like it's yeah. there's no joke. Superheroes, star Wars, they're all, Greek myths. Okay. So the point is, and what I'm trying to get across is that people have their own interpretations. They have their own expectations of what is going to happen in the next movie. So you can't win because ultimately, you know, after the marketing train has come down the, the tracks and leaks Reddit posts here and there and post maybe a half a trailer here and cloud some character in some frame, making you think that it might be somebody else, but it really isn't. Or maybe dropping hints left and right that, oh, this character is going to make a special guest appearance yeah. and then you don't deliver. And then you say, fuck you. Sorry. You, we already got your Disney plus money. I mean, that's that's the problem. You know, I yeah, saw this more happen with Spider-Man, the last Spider-Man movie. Mm -hmm than any time and it backfired on dr strange they tried to do that with dr strange oh we're gonna have this variant show up and oh tom cruise's iron man is gonna show up so what happened everybody thought that was gonna happen then when it didn't happen they got pissed off it's a it's a it's a money-making scheme and it pisses off fans and it leaves a bad taste in the mouth yeah i think that it's um ties into just a bigger problem that I have with a yep. lot of modern pop culture where it's just like recycling for profit. There's no like, there's plenty of people with genuinely creative ideas out there in the world. They're just not employed nobody, in, in the industry. Nobody's taking a chance on them. Like I was fucking watching uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure again. First recently. one or the, the, the first one. The, bogus okay. journey is the second one. That's a good one. I like bogus journey. A movie like that will never be made again. It's no. so dumb but so original and fun and it just fucking works yeah or like you know you can name any other classics big trouble in little china gremlins yeah. back to the fucking future these are all just stupid movies with simple ideas I mean, really if you think about it, back so to the future is, is a time travel incest movie with a crazy wild-eyed scientist i mean if you really think about it totally <laughs> it's great do you ever watch this the the series glow no, Netflix. I have it. That's like the re the so, wrestling one. Right? Yeah, it's the the female wrestling one. There is a whole uh, side. Uh, <laughs> it's a whole side plot where Mark Maron, who who plays one of he plays like the uh, the the manager of the yeah. wrestling team. He he has in essence the script for Back to the Future, and and 
it, he's telling people about the plot of it and they're all just like so wait a minute the son like makes out with his mom and it's a whole joke yeah because like it's well before like that story even went out to him when you could tell he probably sold the script but but yeah so i, I agree with you now there's a reason behind that oh, absolutely and that's mainly totally because hollywood for all the money that they have has no idea what people want to watch they sure. don't they have none no idea they used to be able to bank it on a name right like when we were kids whenever a movie came out like think about total recall you didn't know what the hell total recall was about but what was the thing on the fr front of the, the poster arnold arnold right mm -hmm. because the studio was able to say well i've got the biggest action star in the world and i don't care what movie he's in so that's why you had movies like that. That's why you had the running game. That's why you had uh, any movie with Sylvester Stallone and they might've been terrible pieces of shit, but they had a name. So they had a guarantee that people would say, well, oh, I'm going to go see the next Sylvester Stallone movie. I'm going to go see the next, uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what's in it. It's just him. Oh well, yeah. They can't bank on that anymore. Oh well, yeah. Now that's why let's just, let's just make the Batman again. Well, that's that's all they got. Yeah, they they and and it really it a lot of it comes down. Don't be wrong. I love that that newest version of the Batman. Now, yes, could you say is a dark gritty version like the other gritty versions we have? But I mean, I I liked it. I had yeah. no problem with it. I don't I don't I don't mind different interpretations of things. It doesn't really bother me mm -hmm. that much. You know, a lot of people had like asked me about like the Ninja Turtle stuff when that was happening, and I was like, I don't give a shit. It's yeah. fine. It's not for me. I like the old ones better. The old ones. I'm sure little kids are gonna like that one more than the old ones. The fuck do? What the, yeah. What do I care? Yeah. They're talking with the cool hip lingo of today, yes. and it looks like everything else yeah. from today. Like times change. You just kind of need to either adapt or just like let things go. Well, there's there's a whole problem in our society with glorifying nostalgia to ad nauseum levels. Oh, sure. Like I really believe that that we are so obsessed and I'm guilty of it too. We're so obsessed with nostalgia that it hamstrings us from seeing art that's new, you know? And that that's part of the problem. That and that's something that that Hollywood knows. They know that. Why do you think they made stranger things? Yeah. Well, it's 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 basically don't don't go wrong. I like yeah, it. Yeah, but ultimately what it is is nostalgia porn. That's all it is. Sure. When they, you watch it and you see Ghostbusters show up and you see, uh -huh, you know, uh -huh. Dungeons and Dragons here and there and you see it, it, it's it's to to get your your rocks off with nostalgia. That's what it is. I think what's interesting is we're again that whole like this cusp this changing of the old guard yeah. sort of thing where this is the first time where not only do we have so much access to technology, mm -hmm. but the way people live their lives is a lot differently done than yeah. they were 30, 40 years ago. Like yeah. it's a lot more average now for somebody in their thirties to not have a kid or not be married or anything like that. So they could still indulge in this stuff. I think most people like that were young, like, you know, older that were grew up through the 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever. I think that like, you know, their interests probably capped out when they were like, you know, 16, 17, 18, the way everybody else does. And then you just like yeah. that same shit the rest of your life. It's just, you, you can't engage with it 
anymore because nobody did then. Right. Yeah. But now it's like, uh, it's okay to engage with those things as you get older, which makes it a lot easier to sell that nostalgia back to people because now there's a market for yeah. it. Yeah. It's weird. It's very weird. I mean, I, like I know that my parents like they're, they're the bands they liked capped yeah. out at, at like, I think that's just a, a, a normal 19. human thing. I mean, God, it's only been in like what the past several decades that the, the average lifespan went up a good bit, right? There used to be a time period where a lot of people didn't live to be like 40 true. or 50. Very true. Very so, true. you know, it's uh it's only through like modern medicine that we're living longer. And as we live longer, you know, we just collect all of these stupid interests or, you know, hold on to the ones from yeah. when we were like, you know, a child. I mean, I mean, I'm not smart enough to dissect this, but I feel like there's something here. There, there I mean, there is. There is. Ultimately, <laughs> it's. It's. I. I also think that. I think when, our times are not exactly the most, I don't know, good. Oh sure. We tend to want to reach back to things, in the past, that we think were good. You know, like that's the thing. Everyone says, "Oh man, I I miss the '80s." Remember the eighties? Cause I do. And I remember the history of it. And uh, the, 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 it was uh, not always that great. It sure. wasn't that great for most people. Sure. You know? So the thing is, is that I, I think ultimately we, we have rose colored glasses when it comes to nostalgia, mm -hmm. you know, and we have rose colored glasses when it comes to our own memories of those sorts of things. And so Hollywood knows that. And they know that, well, if we just keep shoveling out more shit, that is to cater to that then you won't ask where are the new ideas. And I think I mentioned this last time I was on your show that really where I have seen more originality come from has been in television. Totally. More so than in movies. And it's something where when I do see it in movies, it's always something that's kind of just pushed under the rug, never going to get a wide release, never going to get put out there. It's always something that's just like, oh yeah, there's this thing. And it never gets any eyeballs to it until it makes it a streaming, which again, that's television, you yeah. know? Yeah. So like it, it, that, and that's, that's where it then lives. Like I've been seeing these articles more and more where movies that were shit, like, I don't know, 10 years ago, suddenly start blowing up on streaming. Have you seen that recently? Like a lot of movies that were like really crappy when they came out initially for whatever reason, they blow up on Netflix. They blow up on Hulu. And it's all because of the fact that they're finally in a position where they get eyeballs to these original stories. And that's that's the truth is that people want original stories. They just don't know it. Sure. Because you're just being force fed nostalgia on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, going into Netflix, you know, and it's in a lot of weird ways. It's just... I don't know. You know, a lot of people talk about the the concept of option paralysis and I like fully Oh yeah. I fully fully agree with that. And like I don't know about the whole like 
recommended for you stuff. I go through mine and I'm just like, I don't know. The only service that has been good at recommending things to me is Amazon Prime. I've found some wild stuff through Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime (laughs) to me feels very much like the video store. I was going to say, yeah, it feels like going to like a VHS store. store. They have like the wildest shit on there. Yeah. One, I could tell that they really care about box art. Like you can (laughs) tell the people who are running, people who are running Amazon Prime really were children of the 80s and they knew what box art was because every single time on there i never just see a still it's never just a still from the movie it's always some sort of artwork from the film and it looks great i will say that amazon prime's uh user interface sucks and i wish they would fix that um but i i mean i've seen some great things from shutter i have (laughs) shutter and I, i i love horror movies so like that's what I go to, I've seen some great stuff on there. Some stuff I never would have seen before. I recently just watched Miss 45 for the first time. Oh, nice. Cool. And I loved it. Yeah. You know? Um, but like that's something that I would never seen if I hadn't gone on Shutter and it yeah. was just like showed up. I think that, you know, this this segues into another interesting yeah. dark alley that we can kind of go down sure. here. Go down in terms of like, you know, it's real easy, I think, as a dork a pop culture consumer yeah. such as me or yourself yeah yeah to be like oh i wish everybody was tapping into the things that i was tapping into but the fact of the matter is that it's just impossible that's never going to be yeah. the case and the people that do care do find those things you know they're still yeah. for as low or underground of a movie as like miss 45 is they're still you know hundreds of thousands and thousands of people online that will talk about that movie and love that movie. And yeah. I'm sure if they had a screening of it at some cinema here, it'd probably be sold out. Like, you probably. know, like people know about that stuff. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you, you want more people to know about it, but then there's always the thing where it's like, well, if it gets too big, then Hollywood ruins it. And then, our, get, and then our conversation yeah. loops right back around to the beginning. So it's like very much a be careful it's, what you wish kinda for. It's kind of like The Room. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like the movie The Room, underground, cult classic, fantastic piece of cinema. Okay. That's a sentence. I, I, sure. say, I say that <laughs> knowing that it's a shit. It's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a fantastic cinematic experience. I don't know if piece of cinema. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, well, hey, I don't want to call it a cinematic abortion because I've seen plenty of those. <laughs> um, but, but what, what I love about the room is that no matter what it is, what it is. And, you know, at least because Tommy was so knows now to lean into it, um, you know, pretty much is accepting of it. But what happened to that? You get, you know, uh, the disaster artist. Sure. Which is you, the Hollywoodification yeah. of a cult classic. And you never get, you'll never get another genuine piece of art from Tommy Wiseau. Not anymore. Well, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch best friends, but best it's, it's, it's fiends or whatever it is. It's still going to be made through the wrong lens, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah made it too big, made it too obvious, which is great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody had their fun, but you're just never going to get another genuine piece well, of that's art a, from that's him. a common trope with any of these B movie directors who end up becoming big. You know, uh, you had uh Birdemic, which blew up and then they made a sequel to it mm. and it was shit. 
you know, like yeah. that's, that's, you can't, it's, it's lightning in a bottle times a thousand. Okay. When yeah. you make a shit movie and it blows up and gets an audience, it, you, you can't replicate that. You yeah. can't make a sequel to it. Like I hate Neil Breen. You ever seen? Neil oh Breen? yeah. 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 I hate that man. With a passion, uh-huh. one because I've had to watch his movies and then sit, <laughs> sit on it, look at him online, where he talks about how he's a a world renowned filmmaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, and he sells his master class for five hundred dollars. <laughs> and I'm just like, like, like the eight DVD set yes, or something. And I'm just sitting there going like, I hate you because one, on one hand, people know who the fuck you are. Sure. So you're not just some weirdo. I mean, you're some clearly a weirdo, but he's not just some weirdo in the back alley with a bunch of his, you know, burnt DVDs, just hand them out and no one wants them. People want them. People covet Neil Breen DVDs partially because the man made it so that you couldn't get them. So on one hand, he is. On the other hand, his craft sucks balls. Totally. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing that's infuriating. He's the only person I've seen who's been able to, on a continual basis, produce crap cinema that then blows up. Everybody wants to watch his crappy films. Um, although I've I've found that they have gone down in quality. We're on Twisted Pair. Our our, our show we have a, a running gag where we call it the uh, the Four Horsemen of the Breen Apocalypse. Yeah, and and we're on the last one, which is Twisted Pair. Although knowing him, he'll probably make another one, and I'll have to be forced to watch it. He absolutely will make another movie. A fateful findings is still his his that's a citizen cane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it's interesting because regardless of the quality yeah. of the work, there is something that is unapologetically genuine about what he is doing. Like he's trying. Well, it's across he's all of them. Out of his fucking mind. But he's trying and it's so interesting to see what like somebody with like time and money and just like unapologetic dedication, like how much can come out of that? I mean, nothing good, but I I'm would, just saying it's just like you just hope just, that how he do you, gets better. It just doesn't like I've been in the film game for for a long time and like, well, Listen, you keep doing it. You get better. This at is the it, right? fucking problem. You can't get better at something. If you think you're the if you think you're good at it already. Yeah. Yeah, right? you're right. You're right. You got that there. If if you're not open to criticism. Yeah. Or criti- like challenging yourself yeah. or criticism from others. That's yes. how you get better. at You things. are. You are correct. Yeah, that's you know, a fucking good point. Tom Brady watches his fucking games, right? To be a better football player. Yeah, he doesn't need to deflate balls, too. I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't know. Watch I don't football. Watch football either, I don't watch man. it either. I don't watch. I've I just don't, heard I don't he, do the sports ball. I've man. just heard that he watches his games. I have heard that too. You know, <laughs> Those are, maybe I could have thought of a better example, but that was the first one that came to my mind. Uh, yeah. I mean, but you're, you're, you are correct. You would hope <laughs> that you would get better. We, we yeah, us living in, in Pittsburgh, the, the big football town. We uh-huh. don't do fucking sports. Ball. No, 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 absolutely <laughs> but, not. But no, I mean, I, I've seen like there, there's there's filmmakers that I've seen that clearly they make shit. And then eventually they realize that, oh, I didn't do this. I should probably try to do better. And with those filmmakers, I feel they unfortunately don't get enough 
traffic. Unless you're Peter Jackson. Well, he, he's a different story. That's that, that man. That man. You are correct. Made bad taste. Yep. And one of my favorite food, favorite movies, not foods, um, brain damage. Yeah. Uh, or brain dead. No, uh-huh. he did brain dead. Yeah. 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 Classic movie. One of the goriest pieces of cinema yeah. I've ever seen. But yeah, and then he goes to make Lord of the Rings. Yeah, don't forget about Meet the Feebles. Oh, Meet the Feebles. That's right. That's a good one too. Um, but my point is, is that you know, it seems to me like the filmmakers who make these B movies, why they become successful is just your heavenly point. creatures. Sorry, I was like, I was like, what's the other wild one he did? I have never seen that one. I should watch it sometime. Gotta check that one out. Anyway, sorry to cut you no, off. No, no, it's cool, man. My brain was so. Going. So the the point <laughs> I'm trying to get across is that. These filmmakers, when they make these B movies, why they're successful is because their their ability to make films, they're all in, right? They think they're the greatest. They're making the greatest movie of all time. They all think they're making Citizen Kane. You see interviews with Claudio Fergrazzo who did Troll Two, and you see oh. interviews with Tommy Rousseau, mm-hmm. and you see interviews with Neil Breen. Every single one of them all think that they're making the greatest movie that's ever been made. And they're not. And that's part of the mystique. But yeah, yeah, on the double edge of that sword, though, is you're right. They can never see yeah. that they've done anything wrong. The unfortunate thing that some artists never figure out is that like you never determine how good your art is. The public determines how good your art is. Yeah, it's up to the public. Now, there's definitely creative people like your Peter Jackson's or your del toros or yeah. if you want to like go way back you know walt disney's a controversial figure to some people but mm, he's so. a he was a fucking creative maniac though i can't discount his creativity <laughs> just his anti-semitism sure sure he is a, a creative <laughs> yes fucking yes powerhouse and Absolutely. he changed animation forever oh yeah he codified it. it. Turned yeah. it, it was it was the Henry, like he could the Henry not, Ford of animation. He could yeah. not turn off. Like if you you know listen to just like any interviews with him from the day or hear about like I don't know. It's just like insane. It is insane. It's insane. Yeah. But like some like and it, given the time period too. Yeah. Of I just mean, being like an adult with this like unapologetic childlike vision to create this thing. And we're still talking about it today. Oh, yeah. You know, I what, mean, now over 100 years. Yeah. yeah. And now, hey, you know, Disney's never going anywhere. Uh, never. They got everything. That's they got sad. they got Star Wars. They got Marvel for now. <laughs> hey, if for now, I mean, that's that's if anything, Hollywood's an industry. So, I mean, if you had told me. 40 you know, years ago or something like that, well, I wasn't alive 40 years ago, but you talked to someone 40 years ago and said, Hey, you know, uh, movies are going to be funded by a bunch of head fund, hedge fund people in wall street who don't know anything about movies. They'd say that doesn't seem realistic. Why would well, they make that bet? Yeah. Well, I mean the same things happen with like fine art and music to some degree or the NFT shit. Yeah. Any, like anything that you can, that's the problem. Is it like really <laughs> at the end of the day, like most money is funneled through like the creative vision of somebody, whether yeah. it's fucking a piece of art or fucking real estate yeah. or, you know, there's so much, I mean like even like a creative brain can work in terms of just like 
finances and stocks and things like that. Like you got to be like, Oh yeah. It's all dork shit. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately like these people have like found a way through time to become like legal crooks and take advantage well, when, of when, everything. When the same legal crooks have the same legal politicians in their back pocket who control the wheels of power and the machine itself. That's why. Yeah. You know, that's it. That's it. It's, a, it's all game. It's a rigged game. You know, it's the, the biggest rigged game of all time. You know, I think that, there's a, uh, again, just going back to the be careful what you wish for type thing. Mm. You know, uh, we all wanted everybody to take our cool nerd shit seriously. Uh, and now look what happened. They took it seriously and they're running to the bank with it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're fucked. Well, no, we're not fucked. I know. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm, just, tell you, I'm just being dramatic. Let me tell you why we're not <laughs> fucked though. Let me tell you why we're not fucked though. Because if you look at the history of, of, of media, it ebbs and flows. Okay. Yeah. You know, in the thirties and into the fifties, you had the big studios. Okay. These were monopolies. They literally, anything that they want to make, they had in essence, a factory that did it. And you you had no independence, okay? 70s, 60s and 70s come around, that system breaks. You no longer have the, uh, you know, the big epics and, uh, you know, the, the, the big giant musicals. Those were gone because they were losing money. What was it? What was replacing it instead of that? The tiny independent films. It's where you got Star Wars, where you got Jaws, where you got the things now Halloween. that have become that Halloween. So what I'm trying to say is that if history is any judge, there will come a time when audiences tastes will change and we won't want all of this. And I'm starting to see that with especially superhero films. I'm surprised that the wheels haven't fallen off the fucking superhero train already. They're starting to. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone five years ago would have thought that you would have had an M MCU film that flops. You think about anyone who said, oh, well, yeah, you know, this Marvel film is going to flop. No one five years ago thought that you were in the middle of Avengers and, you know, all the Avengers shit going on and every movie coming out out after that being you know, box office gold, even gardens, of the galaxy came out back around that time and it was gold. It didn't matter as long as it had Marvel attached to it. It made money. Yeah. I but then you get the Eternals and then you get Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Don't get me wrong. I really like Dr. Strange. I love Dr. Strange. I thought it was fantastic. Doctor, the Dr. Strange movies and Shang Chi. Like that's all my fucking shit. I love that stuff. Yeah. I totally get why Shang Chi. I was okay with. I didn't love it as much, but like it was nice to see the Mandarin. Like it's my actually, favorite Marvel movie. Really? Shang Chi yeah. is uh -huh. okay, but I'm also like, you know, like low key, like a lot of my pop culture interest stem, mm -hmm. stems from anime. Right. And I feel like the second half of that movie is just a live action Hayao Miyazaki movie. Oh, yeah, totally is. So I was just like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. No, so, I, I, I but mean, that's, that, that's going back to yeah. my nostalgia and my interests that I developed as a preteen yep. dictating what my tastes are for the rest of my life. Right. But yeah. I would never say that it's it's my favorite. I'm not going to say it's no, the best. Fine. There's no such thing as the best. 
I get why the people like the Avengers and I get why people like the Spider-Mans and all that stuff. I saw the Thors. They're fun. I, I mean, it's a little I, too silly at times. I don't know, but it's I, fun. I mean, you, you're, dealing, what are you gonna do? you're dealing with space gods. How yeah. serious can you get? Yeah, I, you know? I, I, I would much rather th- I would much rather the Thor silly stuff versus the serious Batman well, they tried stuff. The, they, they tried the, the serious stuff with Thor. The first movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was, was very serious. You had Kenneth Branagh, who is a, is a trained Shakespearean actor and director taking the realm of uh, this movie. And it was, eh, yeah. <laughs> it was, eh, it was a lot of that. And, yeah. and it's just, you know, I don't know. I think it, I understand that like there's a lot of stories that can be told. Yeah. I just don't think they should be told. And I don't think that I don't like how they announce the movies and build up these expectations. Yeah. It's just, it's too fucking much, at least for me. Well, as I said, it's, it's designed to get your money. Sure. Into the theater. They want you to be thinking about nothing oh, other than. And also right. I would imagine on the back end, them announcing and having this plan and all of these kind of like faux ideas help get investments and funds for the oh, movies yeah. and all of this fucking well, shit. You know who isn't cheering those announcements? VFX artists. Oh, for sure. Have you read it recently about the, the, the VFX artists behind the Marvel films? No. So a lot of them are squeezed. I believe that too much to the breaking point of, of, uh, these projects. Um, there was one article where, I mean, basically they, they kind of said to this, to the extent of a lot of them have to work ridiculous hours. We're talking like 12, 14 hour days to crank out these things. You can't say no to a Marvel film because ultimately the industry, they all want those dollars, but the actual artists who have to do them end up getting burnt out. You know, what's really funny is that, there's a really big misconception, I think, in terms of like animation. And a lot of people are like, oh, like, you know, it's not like the old days. It's not like the hand drawn. Everything was hand painted. And like, don't get me wrong. I love hand painted, hand drawn, yeah. old animation. Akira, give me a fucking break. It's yeah. insane what they did with that movie. But the idea that just because it's on a computer, it's any easier or that it takes less time. I can tell you it's a little, harder. it's a little fucking ignorant. I can tell you that from the fact that I teach it. Yeah. I, I teach mean, it there's so. a I lot of visual effects and animation. There's yeah, yeah. There, there's so much work that goes into it. And the thing that sucks too, is that like, even like back in the day, the, um, like the animators would kind of like, you know, there'd be like more behind the scenes stuff and you'd see them. And it was like, even when it was still a current trend, the whole idea of animating a film was romanticized. But now I feel like the whole behind the scenes, you know, visual effects artist things, they're just kind of like, yeah, just get it done. They're not like it's uh, oftentimes it's, it's, there's a couple of reasons why that's the case. One, I, I really believe that the directors that Marvel picks out are not visual effects heavy directors. Marvel wants to make money. So what that means is they're not going to hire filmmakers who are experienced with this type of material. They're going to hire filmmakers. They can get on the cheap. So they typically hire indie darlings and that's what they do. They get these people in these Marvel films. They make these big budget movies, but because they've never had experience with that workflow, it leads to issues where in essence, 
The director's going back and saying, yeah, I don't like that. Do this over again. Do this, do this, do this. Oh, we didn't know what to do. So a lot of the stuff they filmed on set, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have necessarily worked if they didn't have someone who was experienced doing it. That's part of the problem. And on top of that, Marvel themselves are not paying these people nearly enough to do the work that they're asking for. You know, you figure you've got how many slates of, of movies coming out over the course of two years that are Marvel themed on top of that lay on the how many series on Mm -hmm. Disney plus that's going to then have to also be made and by the way the effects in those series probably made by the same people probably jumping between both different programs between movie and TV Um, then think about all the commercial work that they're also doing that's tying into it. You know, visual effects are showing mm-hmm. up commercials for the Doritos so, commercials. For the Doritos commercials. So like, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to get across is that it's too much. Yeah. The effects artists aren't paid nearly enough. They're not unionized. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Okay. And they don't want that. Marvel doesn't want that sure. because heaven forbid the people who are actually putting the effects and turning your movie from just a bunch of morons and, tights in front of a green screen into a gigantic masterpiece of artistry heaven forbid they get paid a decent wage and maybe get days fucking off yeah you know yeah no there's there's a lot of um i mean you can't really glamorize the way movies have ever been made to be completely no, that's, honest they've always <laughs> been that but but the point is sort of a big scale but the point is is that the, you you know, uh, uh, two years ago, right when the I uh, know, I think it was last year, actually, you know, you had the big news was about, you know, uh, the, the film workers striking, potentially mm-hmm. striking, right? That caught big news. And that was something that everyone was talking about. And you heard stories. And I have a lot of friends who are in the film industry who they've told me, yeah, it's very much like that, where you're working backbreaking labor. I believe it. You're yeah. working hours to the point where you're falling asleep at the wheel when you're on your way driving back. And maybe you got to get up the next day because guess what? The director who, and, and not director, I was the producer of the show, doesn't have enough hours between when the, the one, one set ends and the next set begins. So there was a lot of focus on that. But what people weren't focusing on were post people weren't focusing on the animators. So like, that's the thing is, you know, I'm glad that the, the film workers got their union, but I really think that these other workers who are also doing the same amount of work, maybe they aren't lifting giant lights. Maybe they are not on set all the time, but they're still doing a crap ton of mentally taxing work. Sure. You know, you sit in front of a computer screen for, well, it's physically for 14 too you, hours. It's physically taxing on your hands and your yeah. wrists and your and eyes. And you're just your, your, your brain. brain. Your brain, that's that's a physical thing. Yeah. So, like, I, I really believe that, that those workers should absolutely be unionized totally. and, and Dude, not taken advantage of. It was like people were like, when people were like, oh, there's like, I mean, this is like a weird sidebar, but people yeah. were like, oh, there's like physical abuse and mental abuse. I'm like, motherfucker. The brain is a physical thing. Yeah. And it, it, it takes in trauma. Yeah. Like, a, it, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I'm not a doctor. Why do I have to tell you this? Because, well, I mean, fucking people, man, people are, are, are dumb. That's all oh, I got sure. for that. Man. People are dumb. People, people are to- dumb. We're all dumb. Cause we spent the past 35 years of our lives watching Marvel and star Wars. 
I can't I can't help that. I'm joking. I can't help that. I'm doing a kid. I'm doing a kid. So, you know, with fuck man, all this like chaos that's going on with our fucking, you know, the Marvel and the Star Wars, which doesn't really seem as relevant now to um yeah, it I, is. It, it is, but it is, but not, not I really. Think, I think. Do you think we're ever gonna get another Star Wars movie? No. I think it's all why. Good. Why would you ever do that? Why? Yeah. Why? If I'm Disney, why would I ever dip my toe back into that shit storm? Sure. Ever again, and and why would I ever want to do that when I clearly can make just as much money off of Disney Plus memberships? than I can ever with a one-time ticket sale. Yeah. So why would I ever do that? Why why would I want that? I'm just going to keep crapping out, you know, uh Cassian Andor series and Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and I don't know, Jawa's Retreat and whatever other fucking shit they're going to come up with because mm -hmm. they got your money already. You're not going to be the one who cancels your Disney Plus account because you got to get that new series that Star Wars coming out. And guess what? If you don't want that, don't worry, because we got another Marvel series. that will come out right in between the two. Yeah, it's just, you know, I wonder if it's going to be a. It, it can't go on forever. It, there's yeah, no it can. way. Yeah, I can. You think the, the, yes. You think they're just going to keep doing this? They will keep going on as long as people are paying for it. So when people stop paying for it. Then they'll stop. When do you think people stop paying for it? I th I really think once people get fatigued enough, they will. That that's with anything, you know. When people get fatigued and they start to realize, I want something different. You know, it's like with anything. You know, if someone told you, okay, you know, Brian, you can eat pizza, only pizza. Okay, about to order your pizza. favorite kind of pizza. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite kind of pizza? I mean, you know, the normal pizza. But what, know. like what toppings? Uh, I don't know. It always changes. Well, that's the thing. Well, let me ask you this: pick one topping. What's one topping pizza that you like? Like one, one that you you go to all the time. Okay, if I had to pick like one default topping yes, for what's my your pizza, Ward. Uh, oh my <laughs> god, I can't. I don't know. We'll just say mushrooms. Okay, mushrooms. Just, just for the sake so, of this. So let, let's put it this way. You, you're allowed to eat pizza. Okay, so like in this world, you're allowed to eat pizza, but it's only mushroom pizza. You are not allowed to deviate from it. Okay. What's going to happen? Yeah. Eventually, you're going to want something different, right? Sure. And that's the way that most people's tastes will, will film and TV will. They will eventually want something different. I think we're starting to see that. I really think that the fact that the Marvel films are not bringing in nearly as much money as they used to is something to be concerning. Thor, I think, was rated as low. The last Thor movie was rated as low as the Eternals, which I saw the Eternals and the Eternals was shit. I really hated it. <laughs> like, I didn't watch any of it. You didn't. You didn't miss much. Sure. I can tell you that it's getting a sequel. But he didn't miss much. Um, Spider-Man did well, but that was because of a year and a half of dripping leaks on Reddit and 
people speculating and guessing what what's going to be what's going to happen, who's going to show up, and oh, Tobey Maguire is not going to be in it, but he will be in it, but he's not going to be yeah, in it. I mean, you know I that back and forth shit is what drove that thing up. The Spider Man movies always seem to do well, though they do. But I, but it's fucking Spider Man, Spider Man. But like my point is, is that eventually you're going to get a point where people are going to want something different. And I think we're starting to see that now. I really do. Um, I don't know if that's across the board with all superhero movies, but I think with Marvel specifically, I think it's starting, you know, I thought with Spider-Man, I'm like, they don't got any, I thought they, that that was the, the, that's something that was going to, you know, I thought it was going to fail. I watched it. And I was like, wow, they actually did good. Yeah, that's you fine. know, but then I watched Doctor Strange. and I'm like, I like it. But then I know the people in the oh. theater are just like, what well, the hell? What's well, the fun thing? Like, I've talked with a lot of people about um, like, in particular, the Doctor Strange movies. And yeah, bless you. God bless me. A lot of people like haven't seen them. You know, it's just like a character that a lot of people the first one they kind don't. Of- fucked up don't know about or they just don't care the first one came out in a weird time too yeah because it was, was like right i think it was like right before guards yeah, yeah 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 but, so but they also i don't think they knew what the hell to do with him so they in essence just made him kind of like a mystical tony stark you know oh here's what you found on the internet oh lord <laughs> we, we triggered something to activate my phone. Now I'm going to be getting oh, Dr. Strange ads all fucking week. That's what's going to happen. It's going to happen. But yeah, I, I just think they didn't know what the hell to do with them. And then we get the second movie. And like, again, I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. But then again, I grew up on the evil dead and sure. army of darkness. So like I'm seeing a Sam Raimi and that that's, yeah, I told, Sam Raimi I told my co-host Sam. John, I'm like watching that movie was in essence, Sam Raimi's revenge. It was his revenge for <laughs> Spider-Man four. He didn't get a chance to get it. So he's like, fine, fuck you. I'm going to make an evil dead movie in the MCU. And it was glorious. The scene where Dr. Strange is a zombie. Uh-huh. And he's got like a cape full of, of black ghosts. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm just like, this is fucking amazing. Uh-huh. It was so like, it was like, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was that like self-aware, but still like competent, yeah. not too much story. It was fun. I knew everything that was going on. Yeah. It, and uh, I enjoyed it. I don't I don't need a whole lot. I mean, Wanda was the only thing that I'm just like, she's kind of annoying. Wanda is a, a tough character. Yeah. But I think that um, was that Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Kills it. I she, think she does she, a really good I liked job. Her with that in character. WandaVision. In this one, I found it was it was kind of she was laughable but i mean i think that that's you know kind of the point of that character though right it's, like she seemed insane like i mean well, i, I guess that, that's, that's, that's what that, they were going for it's, she's not supposed to be likable she's like yeah. like i don't want to be around this person yeah. this person is out of their mind this is like people of walmart level insanity <laughs> You know, like people of Walmart. <laughs> well, I mean that that part where she sees her kids and she's yeah. just like, "I love you." Totally. You're just like, "No." Yeah, but I mean, like, so, like, you know, like, there's like, you know, I've been around people, um, like I've had people in my family that yeah. are like, this is like a really weird comparison of things, but people that are like addicts and yeah. people that are just like so hyper focused on something and they get out of their mind to a point that like. I'm like, holy shit, like 
yeah. when she's like doing that stuff like with her kids like this is reminding me of people that I've seen actually do this because they're fucking out of their mind. Wow. Yeah. It's ugh. yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. yeah. Uh but yeah, Elizabeth Olsen's a badass. I haven't had I, I I haven't had a celebrity crush in a long time. I think I think I have a crush on Elizabeth Olsen. Uh mine was Natalie Portman. Oh yeah. That yeah. was back in the day. That was back in the day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Garden State. Uh no, I mean, yeah, I yeah, that one. Yeah, now that I think about it. Yeah. Was it all Star Wars? It was Star Wars first. <laughs> Star Wars first, and then it became Garden State. Uh-huh. You know, but yeah, yeah that was a celebrity. <laughs> Attack of the, the Clones day. turned into Attack of the Bones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. No. <laughs> Lightsaber up. <laughs> no. 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 But uh yeah, I don't know where to go from that one. No, I don't know. I just <laughs> just fucking going off, boy. Uh so with are you uh do you follow theme park stuff at all not really okay so I can't afford theme parks fair enough i was gonna i was gonna <laughs> i know that i know i think it, i think it's tap into time, a disney galaxy's edge conversation I, well, I know that the last time we had talked you were just about to go yeah i think you were just about to go uh-huh. and uh yeah i think you had fun looking at your facebook yeah so yeah now Four years later, I have been to the galaxies, both of them. I've been really? to Florida. Yeah. I actually don't even know how many times I've been to, to, wow. to Walt Disney World. I've lost yeah. count. Um, My family's been wanting to make the trek, but I'm just like. And I've, I went to Disneyland expensive. once. Um, I kind of lucked out over the past couple years and with I'm traveling a lot more for work now. Yeah. And I found myself in the area. So you're just like, well, I'm in the area. Just swing by. Might as well swing by to Disneyland. Yeah. Um, but all of that aside, um, Galaxy's Edge sucks. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, I guess sucks is a hard word. It's just a ripoff, isn't it? It's lacking. Hmm. There's a lot when you're first there, like the first time you go in there and you see it and you're walking around, you're like, wow, they wow. really did it. Yeah, they really fucking did it. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, oh, that's it. That's it. Um, I mean, <laughs> the rides are cool that the fucking they're like little rise. What's well, not little at all, but the rise of the resistance ride. Yeah. It's like the big like three rides in one thing. Okay. It's fun. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool, but then it wears off real quick. But I mean, the thing is, like, everything is just—it's leaning on the nostalgia a lot, and a lot of the stuff is just like screens oh, and things like that. You okay. know what I mean? So it's like because you know you like came to Galaxy's Edge to watch a movie. The Millennium Falcon <laughs> ride is basically just like a gigantic version of like a Dave and Buster's game. Oh, that's sad to hear. But the cooler thing is like whenever like you're queuing up to get into the ride, like you go inside the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So you actually get to like walk through it. So that's actually sick that's, because like it's kind of cool. It's like the queues in like the set pieces are way cooler than the actual ride itself. Wow. But uh, yeah, Rise of the Resistance is interesting. There's some really cool animatronics and effects. A lot of it is yeah. still screen based, but it's cool. But it's like but it wears off quick. For did me, you see the Avengers one yet? For me, it did. Oh, uh, so yeah, Avengers Campus in California. I did go there. 
Um, Did you like that one or was this? I mean, it's fine. It's just not what I would expect from a Disney park. Really? Yeah. Like Like it's kind of like if you go to like, it just feels like cheap. Oh, okay. You know, like it'd be like if you because like also too, it's like, well, how do you theme a whole land around Avengers campus? It's just all these like cheap buildings with like LED lights and then they have the characters walking around, but it's not like you're not immersed in some experience. Yeah. You go over to like Universal and they have all the Harry Potter shit and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm in fucking Hogwarts. My wife's been to, to Universal and told me all about. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter. It's literally like you're you're in it. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It, it it's so and it's like just but also it's like well that's a much more like visually stimulating property than like Marvel. Well, well, my thing is because like, like why would there's you no landscapes in- of Marvel, right? You just have the characters. That's not true. I mean, you could have they could have done Wakanda. Sure, they could have done um, you know like any sort of like battle like they could have done you know battle of new york any of that stuff they could have done that but i I didn't understand why they chose the avengers campus so it's like it's like you're going to an office building sure yeah because (laughs) i I mean i think they chose it because they could just do it for cheap although what is sick the sick the coolest thing about avengers campus is the pim test kitchen okay because they have like they like they serve like all these like ridiculously like oversized food items like okay. giant, like like way, way big, like huge pretzels, like wow. it like leans into the whole like Aunt Manny gimmick and all oh, this okay. stuff. So that's fun. That that's interesting. I appreciated that. And they have like fun like cocktail beverages that they make and stuff. It's like it's like weird science experiment okay. stuff. Okay, that's like that works. Yeah. The Spider Man Web Slingers ride is just again, it's another Dave and Buster's ride. Uh, you know what I mean? Where like you have like these like things where like uh you just like interact like you're playing yeah. Wii. Yeah, you're just oh. like playing like we on a dark ride and you're just I don't know. I like rides that give me an experience. I hate rides with game elements. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I get what you mean. Like you go to fucking you go to the fucking uh, Harry Potter bullshit. Yeah. And like, you know, you're fucking you're on a broom flying through fucking Hogwarts or you're like, yeah. you know, you're uh, in fucking Gringotts and like trying to escape and you know getting the dragon out and all that stuff like right. you're just in part of the story and it's fun and instead you have a video game yeah I don't it's like if I want to do video games I'd stay home you know yeah yeah I, I'm not I don't know I'm not a huge fan of the, I like the dark rides. Disney stuff like, I, yeah. I, I like the dark rides personally it's, like, like my favorite ride at Kennywood is the exterminator hell yeah you know, Hell yeah. I don't like the the line that goes to the exterminator. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The 45 to an hour long well, line, but the ride itself is one of my favorites. Well, that's the that's the funny thing is just like the power of rides like that. Yeah. You know, and the fact that like a lot of parks think that that stuff is dated and they want to lean into all of the screen based stuff. It's like you're out of your fucking mind. Those, it's that there's like that's why there's a fucking crazy line at the exterminator all the time because people like that shit. I had a really interesting and reasonably miserable conversation with a terrible person the last time I was at universal. Oh really? Yes. What happened? So I was at the hotel bar. Okay. Um, after a day of theme parking, having a cocktail as one does as one does. And I got into a conversation with the person that was sitting next to me. Okay. 
And I guess they were down there with their family and they were doing the whole like a couple days in Disney, couple days in Universal. Yeah. yeah. And he was like the dad. Yep. And you could tell he's just very much just like he's burned out. He's kind of he was kind of a dick. But I was like, I'll talk to this guy. And we were talking about like the differences between Universal and Disney. And he was, was he a younger guy or was he, he was like, way older than me? Oh, okay. you know what I mean? He's in his like 40s or 50s. Maybe, okay. You know, uh, and he was talking about like, he's like, you know, Disney needs to get rid of all the old rides and just make this just bring in more stuff with the screens. That's new and fancy. He's like talking about like, yeah, they should what? just get get rid of Pirates of the Caribbean, get rid of Haunted Mansion. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why? And he's like, because it's old. It's dated. Like, you know, I like the stuff with the screens. It looks new. And it's like, they're all the same because uh, Universal has um, in the studios. They have a lot of screen based stuff now. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the Harry Potter rides are all screen based, but they're still on like tracks. Right. But then there's like fucking Transformers. Yeah. And uh, the fuck else do they have? the Spider-Man ride that's in Islands of Adventure. Yeah, they have a lot of screen shit. So he was talking about how like they should do more of that. And I'm like, you know, get rid of like fucking Peter Pan and Pinocchio and fucking I'm like dog. Like that's what makes fucking Disney the the level of artistry that goes into making those rides does not exist anymore. Yeah, no. No, but that's the thing is like there's people like that that just don't give a fuck. There's a lot of people, you know, like Disney World is one thing because it's kind of it's a newer park. Yeah, and it feels like a giant shopping mall. But Disneyland is rad because that's I, I'd been to Disneyland only one time. Yeah. And that was when I was a kid. It's I mean, and, it's and like I have memories of it. It's like a museum, yeah. but there's a lot of people that say the park shouldn't be a museum. It should always be evolving and changing, which I get to some point. But also, I feel like there's like a, a, a historical marker that is set yeah. there where yeah. it's like, you know, this kind of goes back to the beginning of our conversation with movies. It's like, how much should you let stuff evolve and how much shouldn't you let stuff evolve? I think there's there's room for both. I think you you show reverence to the things that came before you. And that's what those rides are. You know, the, and I would go back to it. The level of ingenuity that went into crafting those rides. There's no screen that can do that. Nowadays, you know, like you look at the haunted mansion, you have a pepper's ghost set up done to create the ghost there. Uh It's it's, there's no computers involved. It's quite literally old timey techniques that, scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. Sure. You know, um, so like you can't get rid of those things. And I know it might seem hokey and not nearly as high tech, but here's the thing about the high tech stuff. They're outdated in about six months time. Sure. Okay. Haunted Mansion is timeless, that's, but that's, that's why, Yeah, because they're built on technology and that technology ultimately ages out. And if it's if its baseline is to be cheap and slick and that's it, then there's no mistake that comes with it aging out. That's why the Haunted Mansion, that's why Pinocchio and, and you know, um, the Matterhorn, all these things, why they stand the test of the time is because not only did they, they, they were, they were built with a story and they were built with ingenuity for its time and people created memories with it. I don't think anyone's going to create memories over the Transformers ride. Or if they do, sure. it's like, wow, that transformer was really cool. And that's it. Yes. You know what I mean? 
So I, I, I think it would be uh, a mistake to tear all that down and lose decades worth of ingenuity yeah. into those rides. I had, I was thinking about, I had a really, a really cynical idea for a theme park. Um, was it, was a cynical it idea for this is my modern theme park okay, idea. What's right? it called? I don't have a name for it. <laughs> okay. uh, I never got that far. Okay. I was just thinking, you know, somebody else can handle the branding. I'm thinking about sure. the logistics of this fucking. You're, thing, right? you're the Walt Disney. You're not going to handle the, the market. Sure. We'll call it Brian land. Okay. Brian land. So I'm already a fan. Hell yeah, you are. Cause you know, <laughs> we got to stick together. That's right. So this is it, right? So what if what if, what do modern theme parks want to do? And this is from like a total like your money. This total like cigar in my mouth. Like let me tell you, kid. <laughs> this 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 is the they attitude. They want to steal your money. <laughs> this is the attitude that I have for this. Right? Okay. Okay. So all of these fucking uh, screen based rides. Yeah. Like these rides like Transformers. Um. They they all have the same operating system. Yep. Essentially. You know, you're in a vehicle that moves around with a screen that moves around, and sometimes there's practical effects that tie in. Yeah. But really, you could easily change the ride just by changing out the fucking movie and changing the sequence of events. <laughs> you're correct. Right? You're correct. Yeah. So instead of having a whole fucking theme park with acres and acres of land, just have one fucking oh, building. <laughs> one fucking building. It's just right? called Ride. Yeah, one fucking building with the ride, right? So you ride the ride, and then when you get off the ride, you know, you fucking go into the fucking, there's a little gift shop, and then there's a little There's got to be a, a thing where you get your picture taken, yeah, and it's like you the, go make it with some goofy ass yeah, face. There's the picture thing, there's the gift shop, there's a little food yeah. truck thing, and then you cycle back around. You know what you can do? And then, do? you know, you, you ride. Could, then you, you, could, yeah. you, could, you could make it like Ikea furniture. You know, where it's just like one word. It's a Swedish word. Sure. And it's just called ride. And it's spelled like that. And that's well, no. the building. I mean, you well, know? I mean, fuck, dude, it could be like a movie theater. Like it could literally be like, this is Transformers. And then, you know, you, you ride Transformers at your designated time. It's all VIP. It's all assigned seating. It's all like your fucking Genie Plus all scheduled mm. up the way Disney is, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you get off the fucking ride. You eat your fucking food. You buy your fucking t-shirt. Then you go back into the same fucking building, get a different ride experience, come back out. And then wow. when you've come back out, then it's like, okay, well now we put out the fucking, the here's the Avenger shirts. Wow. And then just keep doing that. Like an, all you know, like a little a, a ride turnstile basically. Yeah. I think that's a genius idea. Yep. I think it's a genius idea. It's genuinely going to happen and I'm going to be fucking, I'm going to throw you up. You should around. patent that idea. And I don't know if I necessarily would put that all over your podcast. Because <laughs> someone's going to be like, I'm going to steal that idea. Now, the, the, the last thing that I, I want to go to theme parks, I don't want to own a theme park. You don't want to be like Cartman in, in South Park and be ha and own Cartman land. I forgot about that. That's and his really whole big thing funny. is welcome to Cartman land. You can't come. <laughs> So that's what I thought you were going to do uh -huh, yeah, when you yeah. said you had a cynical idea. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, you can't come, but here, give me your money. No, no, <laughs> I'm going to no. show you the ride no, and you pay to come in, but you don't actually come that's in. That's the thing is like, I love so much about universal. Yeah. But, um, and they're getting away from it. The, the past few things that they've done haven't been like screen based things. Yeah. But yeah, if you go there now, it's like if you walk into fucking Universal Studios, Florida, yeah. 
It's like you got your minions ride. That's a fucking screen thing. And then you right around the corner from that wants to go to the minions, ride. It's fucking it's as soon as you fucking walk in the park, it's there. And then around the corner from there, you have your fucking transformers ride. That's a screen based ride. Yep. And then you can fucking walk down the street and you got fast and the furious supercharged. It's another screen based ride. I got problems with fast and the furious to begin with. Well, I'll tell you this <laughs> of all of the screen based rides. The Fast and the Furious one is probably my favorite because it's like the B movie of oh. screen based rides. It's not great, but it's so bad that it's just like I would rather I could just sit here and laugh. If I'm in the Transformers one, I'm just like annoyed. And then the yeah. Minions one is cute, but it's like, you know, it's that's not, one. And done. It's not made for I, you. Though. I like Despicable Me enough. Yeah, but like, you know, I'm not. Gonna, I like the movie. The first time around was good. Yeah. It was funny. It, was, it made me laugh. Yeah. Um, you the rides, know, it's cute. The minions. I don't need any really, you know, here then <laughs> ever. Sure. I have kids, man. So like literally <laughs> it, honestly, though, minions is low on my totem pole of annoying things that children watch. Ooh, yeah. What? What's, Let's get into that. I don't even know what's out there for oh, kids these days, man. Where do you start? Okay. Well, my daughter, she, my daughter is great because, because Coraline, that's her name. She has been raised to watch traditional little kid shows. Okay. Like traditional little kid shows. But then at the same time, she will, she'll watch shows that maybe are not entirely appropriate. So like she'll watch, uh, you know, horror stuff every once in a while. And I'm like, it makes me proud, <laughs> you know, as a daddy. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah. And, and we we've discussed kind of you know how uh, how to defeat monsters and gone through exactly like you know this is how you defeat a vampire and literally yeah. the other day we oh, were yeah. like we we're like okay how do you stop a vampire and she goes like this cross I'm like <laughs> that's right I'm like you also what else can you do you stab him in the heart I'm like that's right what else and I'm and she's like uh sunlight yeah and they don't like garlic I'm like that's right so she's been been raised well. But like she will watch uh, one show called Gabby's Dollhouse, which is on Netflix. Can't stand that because it's about a girl who shrinks down to the size of a doll and hangs out with cat themed creatures. Okay. Everyone's a cat. Like no joke. Everything <laughs> in there is a cat. Okay. Okay. She'll watch that. She'll watch Coco Melon, which is almost as bad. I've, I've heard of Coco Melon's bad. I've heard of that. It's it's terrible animation. The kids love that. The other thing is she watches now is Blippy. You ever heard of Blippy? No. Okay. So Blippy is an interesting character. I don't know where this man is from, <laughs> but he dresses up in orange overalls and with bl blue shirt. And he's like a human. He's a human. Is it like a Steve. He's on you. Clues he's, type yeah. Thing? Yeah. Okay. He's on YouTube and he's gotten so powerful in his money that he he's now on like Netflix. He has a Netflix. Show. And in fact, he's branched out now to hire a second person to be him. So there's now like what I call the fake blippy who shows up on some YouTube channels YouTube uh, videos that she watches and I'll be like, I'm like Coraline, that's the fake blippy. I don't like him. She's like, daddy, you don't like the fake blippy. I'm like, you're right. I don't. I, I think he's a, he's a charlatan. He's a fake, <laughs> um, but, but yeah. So like, oh, here we go. It heard me say blippy. <laughs> I'm going to have the wildest recommendation. You are, you are, um, but, but yeah. So like she'll watch these shows and they're cute. Don't get me wrong. 
but uh, I, from what I understand, and I don't, I don't have the the specifics on it. Apparently, Blippy, uh, the original, um, might have been uh, a little bit uh, bad before he became Blippy. Or there is some viral video of him that he ev- eventually scrubbed off the internet. Oh, yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, that Blippy is something, and you find your voice, you know. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you know, it's. Eh, you know, I don't think that. And my stepsons, they they watch dumb gaming videos. Yeah, I don't think that you should like. I don't know. I guess I get it. It's just it's hard because this is there's so much information out there now. I mean, like George Carlin was on Thomas and Friends, wasn't he? Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. Love George Carlin. We and need uh, him you know, now. Hallie Mandel wasn't always. You know, squeaky Bob Saget. Oh, yeah. It's All true. those guys, you know, well, it's just, yeah. I, but the access to, yeah. uh, you know, the past is a lot wilder now. Well, I, again, I, I, from what I understand, I think he scrubbed it. I'm sure. Well, it's probably a <laughs> good. He kind of had to. Sure. That's a good idea. But, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Blippy. Blippy. Yeah. yeah. That, know, that and, get, and then again, like my stepsons, they're, they're older. So they watch, you know, watch watch along playing videos eh. Fortnite videos i'm curious i always like wonder you know if i was 16 years old today yeah. like what what would my interests be you know i i really it's hard without it's hard to say yeah it's really hard to say i mean that, that's the thing that my wife it's and I've easy gone, to judge but hard well, to it, reflect it is but like i keep saying to myself i'm like what like don't you want to watch something that has like a story Cause I don't, I don't really see stories in like these watch along videos, these video game videos. No, I mean, they're, I think that they're engaging with it probably more in the way that like, um, somebody might like listen to a podcast. It's yeah, just like so. a couple fucking ding dongs talking about movies like for us, an hour and a yeah. half. No, you're right. That's their thing. It's not you're really right. like, they're not looking to digest creative content i don't know when i was just kind of like hanging out when i was a kid it was just it was it was different like i watched i you know when i was 16 years old i was watching dragon ball z every single afternoon you know like that is when you're 16 you're watching natalie portman baby no sorry (laughs) you had to bring it back uh no but i like you know i was deep into my anime obsession Mm -hmm. when i was 16 you know, I was watching Toonami and oh, hell Dragon yeah. Ball Z and all yeah, that yeah. shit. So, like, that's where my brain was at. Now, did I play video games? Yes, it did. Um, but it's just, it's it's different because I don't think we just watch people play video games and not actually do it. I mean, you know what I, I mean? Know, I think there'd be some times that I would, like, watch my homies play games and just, like, well, that's, sit that's around different. and talk. Though. But I think that's kind of what they're getting out of it. Okay. You know, it's somewhat, it's, like, antisocial social. Where it's yeah, like they're like they, that. they can't directly communicate with them. Maybe if there's a chat, they can. Well, that's the thing, and I think I think on one end, I think that that those YouTubers kind of take advantage of that. Oh fuck yeah! Because they, you know, like my stepson said, "Oh well, can you can we give money? Can we donate to the streamer?" I'm like, "Why?" Oh yeah, and I know exactly what it is because it's basically pay for play. You know, you're 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 paying for the the chat. Oh yeah, yeah. At that's that, that yeah, yeah, you know, there's a couple um there's a couple like theme park um YouTubers that I follow 
and I watch their live stream sometimes yeah. and like, yeah, you know what I mean? People do the super chats and you know, those are the questions that get answered. And I get that. And that's, I think that's fine for like adults or older teens, but like a it's, kid, it's, it's yeah. dangerous. Totally. You know, really dangerous. Yeah. That. And I mean, it's a whole nother can of worms. I don't want to get into, but, yeah. um, fucking, uh, microtransactions and, uh, huh. <laughs> You probably yep. know. I, I don't do. have any kids. I do. But, yeah. I have, we've had to deal with that. Yeah. And that's, that's, but that's something that I think is, is dangerous, you know, and that's something that I think they take advantage of. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that anyone who's a streamer has a right to make money, but Absolutely. at the same time, you have to know who your audience is. And there's no way in hell you can't tell me that they don't know that they're catering to children. Sure. You know, yeah. yeah. The people who play Fortnite. I'm sorry. They're not our age. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> Maybe when the movie when the game came out, they were. But more, more often than not, people are playing Fortnite now are younger. Yeah. You know, so like they know that. I think there needs to be a bit more responsibility on that front. Yeah. But again, you know, like in the way that um, there's a, a lack of accountability in the film industry, not saying that it should be excused, but that's something yeah. we've discussed. Yeah. There's always been a lack of accountability in children's entertainment to some degree. Things start out wholesome with I your, De I saw that smoochie. I know how it was. <laughs> Dude, that movie is so <laughs> fucking good. Oh my God. Uh, An underrated appreciation gem. for B movie. Bad, not, that's not a bad movie. That's a dark comedy. Oh fuck. Dude, you that's know? a movie that like, yeah, if you know, you know, man, yeah. that movie rules it so hard. Weird. God damn. I haven't watched that in a really long time. Good one. I fucking love that movie, but shit, you know, what else is there to talk about? We could probably, we could, I mean, go, I could, I could, we could go for another hour. Doesn't we mean could. We should. We could. I can tell you what new stuff I got going on. Let's do that. Let's okay. talk less okay. about, less about the world, more about you. Yeah. Let's so, go. Uh, well, I mentioned I jumped between jobs. Oh yeah. Since the pandemic. Uh-huh. Uh, my last time I talked to you, I was doing event media college and pandemic occurred and I realized I needed to kind of reassess my priorities. So I jumped into teaching for about a year, teaching film and video for another college. And that was great, but didn't pay anything. And late last year, I, I got a recruiter who called me up and I don't know about you, but I've had recruiters that have tried to like poach me for jobs that have nothing to do with what I actually do. Sure. You know, that's always fun. You know, they're always like, oh, here's a sales job. Uh -huh. And you're like, it's that's not what I do. Did you even read the LinkedIn? Like, did you read any of that? So anyway, out of the blue, this recruiter is like, hey, there's this company that does podcasting and they're looking for someone who does video and turns out the company's Libsyn. And funny enough, that's where I host my show. I don't know about you. That's you where know. I host through. You host your Libsyn too. Uh -huh. so there you go. Uh -huh. So like serendipitous moment end up becoming their video designer. And so I've been making videos for them since January and it's been like a dream come true. That's awesome. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. And I've actually like been in charge of revitalizing their YouTube channel where I've been showing up now on YouTube videos for them, which I didn't anticipate that, but that's where we're at now. Hell yeah. Yeah. So it's been fun doing that. And then also I'm, I'm still teaching uh, adjunct, uh, for, for one of the colleges and starting that one back up in the fall. Um, but you know, that's kind of been the, on the, the, the non podcast front. And then on the podcast front, 
Our show's gone to 242 episodes now. So we're still going Congrats. strong. Thank Hell you. Yeah. Thank you. We're still going strong. We're going to be making an appearance at Erie Horror Fest in October. That's some big news. Uh, we got asked by the organizers to kind of be one of, I think, two different podcasts that are going to be like emceeing the festival. Fuck yeah. You know the other, who the other one is? Who? Do you? Do I know who the other yeah. one is? Um, I think the other one is my co-host is probably going to uh, tell me I'm wrong, but I think the other one is like one that's associated with the town of Erie. Like oh, okay. it's like, like a normal kind of like what's going on in Erie type one. But yeah, we're, I think cool. we're the only film one. Cool. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's, that's going to be coming up in October. And then I've also now dived into producing another podcast for a friend of mine. Uh, friend, of, I don't know if you know, Jason Sauer. Who does he runs most one? Who used yeah, to run most one? Yeah, you know, Fire. I I don't know him personally, but yeah. I know who he is. So I've known Jason for a number of years, and you know, between getting married and having my kid and everything like that, I kind of lost track with him. And sure enough, he had blown up with his artwork he makes for out of demolition derby cars. Yeah, and it's something that now he does, you know, nationwide. So no joke, uh, one of his friends lives caddy corner from my house and he was driving past my house one day when i was outside on our porch and was like hey brian how you doing so he started bullshitting for like you know a good 15 20 minutes and he told me that he was just thinking of creating a podcast so i'm producing his podcast called cash on the hood and we just had our first recording a couple days ago so that one's going to be coming out it's the first time i've ever produced a non- movie theme podcast especially one for another person and uh it's fun that's fun. great it's really good stuff but yeah oh yeah a lot dude. of things man i love that it's it's always fun to catch up with somebody yeah that you haven't seen in you know years yeah and like it's like wow i have all of these new fun things that i'm doing i'm still doing all the old stuff but you know what we, about you what are you added. what are you doing well, you know, I have my bands, which we've discussed. Many bands. Three bands. <laughs> Grey Walker. Yeah. Some Faith. Yep. Normal Creatures, which for anybody that still doesn't know this, I was in a band called Sykes and the New Violence. Yep. All we did was change the name. It's Normal Creatures. Okay. It's the same agree. fucking band. We just changed the name. Uh, Rebranding, baby. Um <laughs> And then I'm also, I've been working on solo music again. Oh, awesome. And I've played a couple shows doing that. So I guess three bands and one solo project. That's, that's cool. That's man. plenty. I'm still doing this podcast. I'm DJing a lot. Um, actually, this Thursday is my last day at my day job that I've been working at for 10 years. No shit. Uh-huh. Oh, are, yeah. are you diving headfirst into DJing full time? Yeah. Awesome. Uh huh. Yeah, it's scary, right? Not really. Not really. Not really. I, I was scared. I've been doing, to jump into something that I'd, I've, I've been. I've been juggling. Years. I've been juggling both for about a year. Really? Now, and um, I've, you know, I got you know we have dates secured into next year, um, with plenty more on the horizon. It's financially viable. Awesome. Um, I feel comfortable with That's it. Good. Um, so. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too too worried about it. I'm honestly more worried about cuz like I'm not going to be like out of town every weekend. I'm right. not, I'm doing a lot of event 
planning behind the scenes and yeah. emailing and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to have a, some free time. Yeah. And extra income. And what I do with free time and extra income is what I'm afraid of. Oh, okay. I hear you. I need to keep myself in check as somebody that is <laughs> sitting here talking about going to fucking, you know, all these theme parks. That's why shit. I haven't gone to any theme parks, I do, my I, friend. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm on the heels of actually, I'm about to be doing like, I'm going to a lot of theme parks over the next month. Really? Yeah. Like, I think I'm doing like a dozen parks. Um, I'm surprised all, you haven't done a podcast on that. You know. Because that that right there, man, like yeah, you know, I niche there. I had genuinely considered um doing something that was theme park related. Yeah. Um I was gonna do something specifically like like a like a mini like it may maybe a podcast series or a video series on like Kennywood. I'm a big Kennywood nut. Oh yeah. But that's um our, that's so our park. I started researching it. I scripted out like two and a half episodes. Yeah. Um like Really, like you know, I don't script things, but I was like really digging in. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, well because coming you up do, with, well, if you do something like yeah. a theme park, you you have to Come, really facts know and this, the facts coming and like up the back with history, all, yeah. coming up with all of these like you know little jokes and stuff, and like yeah. making it my own. Yeah. Um. But then, uh, that was like the that was all before COVID happened, right? <laughs> so I had more <laughs> I time to research. Yeah. Throughout then, but then whenever the parks opened back up. Like I like went to Kennywood a couple times a season pass. Yeah. Took my cameras, filmed a lot of B roll just to, like I wanted to kind of start getting some stuff done. I wasn't sure if I was going to like film me talking in the park or do like a green screen thing or a set, you know, like, right, but right. I was just, I'm just going to film B roll and just film some voiceover stuff and start putting it together. And once I started doing all of that, I realized that it was like, I would rather just be at the park. Like I enjoy doing the research and having the knowledge yeah. and I would love to share this with people, but putting the time into producing the episodes gotcha. was where it became an issue. So it was more like, I don't want this to no longer n not be fun. Sure. It's one of those things that I've you dive head first into it. You end up becoming not, it's not there, fun. It's and there's some theme park people that I've mentioned already that like I follow. Yeah. And after following them for a few years, you start to see the shift of the content because oh, now yeah. it's like they get more followers and that's great and like they're getting you know a lot of traction but it's like well now it's like are you going to the park for yourselves or are you going to the park for us and you're just creating these same like tips and tricks and places you got to eat and it's like do you actually even get to enjoy going to the park anymore or do you just have a fucking camera on you all the time it scares me probably a, a, it's probably more the last yeah it's like know. somebody that like has like found a way to try to like somewhat like creatively monetize everything in my life. I feel like it's nice to have something that's just like I could just actually escape. Yeah. Like, you know, I could go to fucking universal and not be worried about like making sure I have enough fucking footage to edit a video. Yeah. It sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what this is. So this, okay, here's the thing. That's where you hire a crew that does that part for you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then again, that becomes something where but it's, then like, it's like, well, why am I doing why this? Am I, yeah. Yeah. Why, why am I doing this? So I'm going to have to, you know, yeah. dump money on something like that. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like, I think that the reason why I've kept this podcast as long as I have is because I think it's something that I'm genuinely good at. And I think that it's something that is worthwhile to put out. 
into the ether. I mean, I know we've talked a lot about movies today and pop culture, which I mean, there's nobody doing pop culture podcasts, right? Yeah, nobody. Nobody no one ever that. does that. So this is a little bit different for me, but it's fine. <laughs> Normally, I'm talking about, you know, weird underground music yeah. and uh, particularly like in, you know, the local scene. I have a very niche thing going yeah, on, but yeah. nobody else really does it. And I feel like I'm good at it. So no, I feel like you definitely have I'm, a mark on that. One. I'm providing yeah. something of value in a very oversaturated copycat sort of world of podcasting. Yeah, I'm at least doing something that. I feel comfortable putting out there because nobody else is doing it. I, I honestly, I totally get it. And the That's, theme park thing would just be, yeah. I'd be another theme park dude. Well, I, I've had people who've, who've asked me because, you know, they was talking with one person that I mentioned about my podcast. And they were like, I, I said how, how ultimately my podcast, unfortunately, exists in a massive niche. Yeah, it's massive. Totally. And I've had people like, well, why couldn't you like make it a horror theme podcast? And I'm like, well, here's the problem. Do you know how many horror themed podcasts are yeah. out there? At what and it's like I, and the thing too is like I've had people say that I'm like, well, say like what if I want to what if I want to talk about The Godfather? Or what if I want to talk about this bad movie? Mm-hmm. What if I want to talk about, you know, a dark comedy or heaven forbid, I want to talk about romantic comedies. I never do. But what if I want to? Yeah. I think that's a- And that's the thing is like do I really want to like close myself off from that? So like for our, the way we did it was we were like let's use our movie knowledge you know that we we went to school for and that we practice on our own but let's make it funny. Yeah. So like that's how we differentiate ourselves. You know, and that's 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 what I think anyone doing this sort of stuff has to think about it, it ultimately. And I had like, you know, a really, um, un an unsolicited compliment came to me one time really? from, from a friend, uh, who out of nowhere, I don't remember why he said this to me. And like, it was even fucking weirder because it was my friend, Bobby, who used to, uh, own this cafe down the street called the pair and the pickle. Okay. It's no longer there. RIP miss that place to death. Miss you, Bobby. Uh, but one day at the shop, he was talking to me about the podcast, asked how things were going. And then he was like, Hey, don't forget that. Like the show's about you. I, I was talking about guests. I think that was yeah. the issue. It was just like, yeah, I've been like having a hard time, like with like some guests or finding people that are interesting. He's like, who cares? The show's about you. People listen to the show because it's your show. I was yeah. like, shit, I never thought about it like that. So there's always the opportunity now, like where it's like, yeah, I, I mostly talk about underground music and shit, but also I don't think there's an episode that where I haven't brought up a roller coaster. Right. And, you know, in because the it's, past your, own, it's yeah. your own flavor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all through your lens. That's, that's how it works. You know, any sort of art you do, it's, it's, you could say, well, it's copycat. It's not, it's, it's your interpretation. Yeah. Of yeah. It. That's the thing. I remember I, was you know as a in my early 20s thinking a lot about art way before podcasting because you know i'm well beyond that now i'm no longer i'm not even in my early 30s anymore but uh (laughs) um you know thinking when i was younger about the idea of like uh intention and like behind art and why an artist does something like you know just because an artist sounds like another artist. That's not a bad thing. Like if no. you genuinely want to make music that sounds like fucking Judas priest or the beastie boys or whatever it is, 
there's nothing wrong with that if that's genuinely what your intention is. But, you know, if the intention's kind of fucked up and it's just like, I want to emulate this because that is successful. And I just, you know, really, if it was up to, you know, like, really, I want to do fucking, you know, some new kids on the block stuff. But the, the heavy <laughs> stuff is what's making money. So I'm going to do that. I don't like that. I don't like fucked up intentions. No, I, I think if you if you, you know, for me, I, I, I've always made any of my short films. Um, you know, I, I have what I homage to all the time. You know, I, I love Clive Barker films, love Clive Barker stories. My movies tend to have that kind of vibe to them. At least I've tried to do that. Yeah. But I also know not everyone digs that vibe. Sure. And you know, um, I could make torture porn. I don't want to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't find it fun. You no, know, yeah, I, yeah. and that's the thing is I'm drawn to stories that have a certain bent to them that I find interesting. And it's one of the things that I think any creative person has to have that in mind. And if you believe in it, and we it's kind of circles back around to talking about the directors of B movies. I was just about to you say, know, yeah. If you believe in it, other people will too. But if you don't believe in it, if you're only doing it for the money, it's not going to work. Well, I mean, I think that, I think if you believe in it, you'll get people interested. They'll be, they'll be, but to keep them, you need to be like, it's, I have this, I bring this up all the time when I'm talking about songwriting and filmmaking is no different or storytelling. Yeah. Because, you know, that's the one thing that filmmaking and songwriting has in common is that it's a vessel for storytelling. They're just different mediums. That's right. And if you're not telling a story or having a conversation that people want to engage with, then they're going to leave the conversation. So it needs to be interesting. It has to be engaging. It doesn't have to be original. No. I mean, how many times is like, you know, somebody told you some story about something that happened to them at the grocery store. That's like, whatever. This isn't like an incredibly unique thing, but it's your story and you're telling it in a way that I find captivating. So go that's on. That's right. Tell me about the Quaker Oats. Tell me about the Quaker Oats. <laughs> His face, the Quaker Oat man, he just looked like a, a gremlin. I mean, that's the only thing I saw is. Uh-huh. Like, why is his face like a gremlin? Yeah. Who designed that? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> Quaker Oats people. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But no, but that's the same thing. Like, how many times have you gone to a Walmart and you branch in Walmart people? Sure. You go to a Walmart. How many times have you seen the same type of people? Sure. At the Walmart. Sure. You see the, some, you see the same type Every of people in, anywhere you go, you know? I one time saw a guy in a horse mask, like a unicorn horse mask, walking around Walmart. That was probably my friend Josh. Shout out, shout out, <laughs> oh, shout really? out to Josh from God Hates Unicorns. <laughs> he plays, it just, just seems like something that yeah. you would fucking do. It was in Cranberry. I doubt it was. I don't think Josh was in Cranberry, but maybe he was. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, I'm, we're doing well. I'm glad things are good. I'm, you know, stoked that I'm you're glad achieving. that you're, you're, you're leaving the day job and doing what you want to do. Yeah. I'm glad because I'm it, took, excited. it took me a long time to get to that point. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, without being egotistical, it yeah. feels well-deserved. Yeah. Like I've been working really hard and I, I'm I'm really, really excited because now I'm going to have an opportunity to put more time into actually backtrack. I'm going to have the opportunity to put more healthy time into my work. There you go. Instead of like, burning myself out in an office being just like 
my, my job is not hard, but I hate being there. So you spend oh, yeah. eight hours a day being miserable. It fucks up I, how I you're going to, it fucks up that, the rest of I your did day that for nine years. Yeah. During the events, I did that for nine years. I got to the point I was on another podcast, the, you know, P.O. Vincent. No, I don't. Okay. He's another podcaster in town and he has a show called the patronarchy. And it was kind of like talking about your worst job experiences. And I mentioned, I said that, you know, when, when I was doing events for, for that, this university, I'm not going to name who it was, but, um, you know, I got to the point where I was really depressed and like, I was, it, it, it affected me mentally. And it became an issue where I was known as the grumpy asshole at work because I don't want to be there. Sure. I don't want to deal with the shit. I don't want to deal with people's stupid ass events left and right. Cause that's what I was doing. Setting up events, setting up AV for these events. And I was getting tired of it. I was getting burnt out and I knew, and I told my boss at this point, I told him I, I was leaving. I said, if I'm here any longer, I'm going to tell someone to go fuck themselves and it's going to be the wrong person. You're going to have to fire me. So like, that's when I knew I was done. And then on top of that, the pandemic didn't help. Sure. You know, like I think any, any person I've met has said that the pandemic has really forced them to reassess everything. Sure. Sure. And, and I was no different. My, you know, my, my day job totally changed because like yep. a lot of the shit that we used to do where I work worked, depending on when you're, li by the time you're listening to this, yeah. where I work, yeah. um, that stuff, like half of like my job description, half of the, my tasks, the things that I actually enjoyed about the job, all the creative stuff Go gone. Yeah. And that's not the company's fault by any means. You know, that's just the way the world shook out. But now it's yeah. like, well, you know, this, uh, you know, I'm thankful for the fact that this place was able to help me like sustain and yep. put a roof over my head. They were always super cool about the band stuff. And, you know, like it was a very good job for me to have. Yeah. But now it's just like it's not creative, creatively fulfilling anymore. Yep. And, you know, I'm now I'm using my creative things that I want to do in other avenues and I am making more money. So what, what do we do? It's, it's a natural yeah. evolution. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, for me, it was the same sort of thing. You know, I basically like my wife and I we were like, I need to get out of here. This opportunity came up. Can we do it? And we did it. And we did struggle. Not gonna lie and say we didn't, we did. But if I had not left that job, I would not have been called for this job I'm in now. If I hadn't taken the leap and had a bit of suffering in a little bit, I wouldn't have got this one. Yeah. Because in that time when that, you know, I was teaching uh, primarily full time, I was also doing some freelance work. And it was the freelance work that got the attention of the recruiter who eventually called me up. Sure. So it's one of those things that like, yes, the smart move would have been, why not just stay at the job that you hate? It's paying you a little bit more that's more known and you know the variables mm -hmm. but it's like dude yeah it's it, so it, you you can't do that like i'm sorry I mean, yeah i mean the 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 situation that i'm in now with texting is just because i i just i said yes to a message that a friend sent me and i was very i was very much all i almost said no yeah very close to saying no i don't want to be bothered with this it's not really something that i want to do yeah but i was like I'm going to say yes. And then I was like, oh, it ended up turning into something great. Yeah. 
And that's the thing is, um, I said this on, on, on Vincent's show and I'll say it here. You have to take the risk when something, when you're, when you're in a situation that's not good. And I, I, I think for nine years I was complacent in what I was doing and thought that there would be no way for me to escape. I literally felt like it was a hole. You know what I mean? Sure. You're stuck in a hole and you can't get out. Sure. There was a time, you know, yeah. where, you know, my thing was, you know, I got into my job because of freelance work that I had. There you go. You know what I mean? Like working for a record label doing, you know, just creative behind the scenes stuff because I had been putting out my own records and doing my own graphic design right. and helping shoot videos and doing all this stuff. So like I didn't go to school, but I had an insane portfolio yeah, of totally. things that I had done, totally. you know? So it was like, okay, well, there you go. We'll hire you, you know? So that's how I ended up getting that job. And it really just like over time, like, like I said, like it just, that stuff just like went away. Yeah. All the, the creative stuff. My thing was I didn't even have that really creative thing. It was more or less like I needed to pay bills and this job just came out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I graduated grad school and they were like, well, you did AV stuff. So can we just like hire you since we we have an opening? And I was like, well, why not? And the amount of money they paid was good. Oh, then. Well, that that, that was (laughs) fuck, fuck. I, I realized she was good was then like, my brain. Sorry. I mean to cut you off, but that's like cool. I was trying to bring up a point and I was talking about being stuck in that. Yeah. Rut, right. So that's the point I was trying to get to. My brain just totally shut off. But, um, that was the thing. I felt like there was times where it was like, I don't know what else I do Yeah, because it's like the money's okay. I wish I was making some more. That was the same, but also too. it's like, they let me like, you know, I, if I need to play a show, I can play a show. Like, where else am I going to work? Like, right. even if I'm making more money, I don't want to work in like a warehouse, like, you know, s- stock and shelves. Not that I've, I've done that before. That was yeah. what I was doing. You know, I don't want to. I go- did retail. I didn't. Yeah. I thought I thought, well, if this is this is the best I can get. It's it's AV. It's in a town. I'm still working with video. Kind of. I'm still working with with, you know, sure. Video. It's it's kind of that was the thing. It was always it's kind of. It's kind of this, yeah. kind of good. Yeah, I and own, when you go in at kind of good, guess what? It's always going down from then. Yeah, yeah. I almost, you know? I had almost left my job maybe four years ago. Really? Um, yeah, I interviewed at this screen printing place. Okay. And I th- thought that, because there's like, there's different tiers and it was like, okay, like maybe I could be more like on the computer prepping designs for screens and helping sure. stuff but they really just wanted somebody to do the grunt work where it's just like, you know, you're just pulling ink. You're basically, you're just in, you're just, I mean, it's manual labor. That yeah. shit is tough. Oh yeah. And no. those rooms are fucking hot. Yep. Um, And like, I went down and like, everybody was cool and I was walking around. I was like, man, like I'd be making more money, but like, I just don't want to do this. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't feel right, you know, I, but I, I feel like those were like my options were so limited. Yeah. No, I, I had an interview a couple of years back at a, a technology company. Like it was like a cybersecurity company. They're looking for someone to do video. I went through five interviews with the same company, with the same company, Holy shit. five interviews and didn't get the job. Fuck man. Yeah. They literally brought me in and they, they, they sat me down. They said, okay, you're going to interview everyone in the department. I'm like, okay, cool. So it's a day long thing. 
you know? And they even like sat me down and gave me all the benefits list and everything. And they're like, here's all the benefits. And sure enough, didn't get a call back. Had to email them like, hey, uh, what what's next steps here? And they're like, yeah, we decided to go with somebody else. Like after five fucking interviews, man. So like that was a, a gut punch sure. right there. And that really like, I literally felt like I'm never getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and then it was, we got it. And so it became like, I had to find a way and I found a way. Yeah. But I, I really, you know, the, I think the biggest thing is if you go into a job and a lot of people like hate their jobs. Part of me thinks that's because I think they're, they, they might be afraid to take the leap. You know, I was afraid to take the leap. Sure, 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 sure. Because I, I have family and I have, you know, responsibilities and I'm like, I need to make sure that we have a roof over our head and all that stuff. And it's one of those things that I, I think you have to, you have to do something for yourself. I never would have thought that my podcast that I did in 2016 and I'm still doing now would have led me to work for the, the, the company that I host my podcast with. If you had told me that in 2016, I'd say you're stupid. There's no way. Sure. There's no money in podcasts. There's no real, there's industry, but it's like, it's not here, but sure enough, here we are. And they actually knew me from the podcast. That's the thing. They knew who I was because of my little rinky dink <laughs> movie review uh -huh. show. And that was something that I did because I needed a creative outlet. Yeah. You know, and it just ended up those paths converged. I tell my wife all the time, like I, th you couldn't write this shit. That's fucking awesome. So yeah, it's awesome. It's good. I'm stoked for you. Thanks, man. I'm stoked for you too. Thanks, man. It's great. I appreciate it. One Brian to another. Oh my fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we got to stick yeah. together out here. That's right. Well, my friend, yeah. Brian, I would say let's uh, pull the plug on our episode today. Cool. We've had a we've, healthy discussion. I think we've talked this one to death. This was a, a big, this I was going to say, dude, big I didn't anticipate this one being a big one. It's a big one. I might, <laughs> I might trim it. I might That's not. That's cool. Who you knows? You do whatever you want, man. Who it's knows? Show. Who knows? We'll see how it for goes. Sure. We'll see how it goes. See how it goes. But until next time, until next time, be sure to check out Cinema Psychos. Cinema Psychos show. On Libsyn. Um, well, it's, it's, it's on all, Listen, all the only platforms. Libsyn. That's all we're talking about. Only Libsyn. But no, it's on all the platforms. Uh -huh. Cinema Psycho show. Check out Cash on the Hood. It's the show I'm producing. So yeah, that's that'll be coming out September 6th. Cool. So yeah, lots of stuff. Awesome. And you already know who I am. You know who he is. Uh, I'll be back next week with another episode. Mm-hmm. You bet your sweet... Sweet, sweet, sweet Natalie Portman's. I'll be back next week. <laughs> uh, I don't even sweet know what that Natalie means. Portman's. I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't know either. I'm going to turn this off. I'm delusional. Have a good day, everybody. Or a good night. Goodbye. Merry Christmas. Bye. <laughs>